Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <clears throat> Recorded live. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Welcome to this episode of USCOC on Air. Uh, for the U.S. Conference of Chaplains, we're uh, starting a new public outreach, our live internet radio program, and podcast. Our aim is to provide an opportunity to help strengthen your personal ministry as well as the conference through training, networking, interviews, and interactions surrounding chaplains. It will be based on what we do and don't do as Christian chaplains and chaplain assistants, and we'll discuss with you and we will pray for you. We will advocate or getting back to the basics in Christendom, but we will not bash any other intentional faith community to do it. We'll not proselytize, and while these calls are open to the public and we invite their participation, it's probably safe to say that there will be USCOC members on every call as well. Our usual format starts with the introduction of the subject and participants as they come onto the call during the first few minutes, uh, interview or panel discussion uh, for about 15 minutes after that, followed by 20 minutes or so of Q&A, that gives us about a nice round hour, leaves us enough time to thank everybody, get any announcements out of the way, recognize the contributors on the call, and sign off. So, hours of the Ministry of Presence, so here we are, as I'm fond of saying, chaplaincy equals availability. And I'm your host, National Chief Chaplain Alex Brandon. So in this first episode, it'll be myself and Deputy Chief Chaplain Hugh Keith introducing the conference, the U.S. Conference of Chaplains. Um, you'll hear us refer to it as both the conference and USCOC. Uh, and we're introducing it to potential listeners who we hope are also potential members. And along those lines, we encourage you to visit our website at uscoc.org. And we also encourage you to use the online form on our Contact Us page with any questions or to begin the membership process. So just double-checking to make sure that uh, uh, Chaplain Keith is Indeed, on the call? And yes, sir, I am. Oh, very good. Then, <laughs> since you're the more chaplain out of the two of us, can I impose upon you for an opening prayer? Sure. Why don't we do that? Heavenly Father, we come before you this evening to give you praise, to give you honor, and to give you glory. And we thank you for this opportunity to share your love with the community which we serve, which is not only this community here on the Internet, but our local communities in Phelan and Martinez and elsewhere around the country where we're going to have new members serving and loving their community. Heavenly Father, help us to do exactly that. Help us to prepare our minds, prepare our hearts, to open our ears, to open our eyes, to find ways to love and serve members in our community by being available, and by being present. And we ask this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. 
So uh, what is the U.S. Conference of Chaplains, more commonly referred to as the Conference or the USCOC? What do we do? Who are our members? Once you join, what is next? These are all fair and reasonable questions. In providing answers to them, we must look within and give voice to the most basic of our intentions and justifications. This is a good thing. The U.S. Conference of Chaplains was born out of an exodus of members and leaders from an older, similar organization. This group of folks represented about 10% of the total membership, including four members of the board of directors. This hemorrhaging took place from March to June of 2011. And without going into too much detail, suffice it to say that there were very real reasons for the losses. As this conference was put together, the founding members wanted to make sure to avoid the pitfalls that were responsible for teaching them the hard-earned lessons they had to go through, which led to many different decisions to make change. In this organization, there are no bars or stars, no clusters or musters to get in the way of pure service to others as opposed to maybe a little self-aggrandizement along the way. No one has any rank here except that of member. There are no pretend generals or colonels or majors holding themselves above other members. The conference is all about proper accountability, both in finances and in ministry. Our senior leadership is actively involved with members all over the country, and all members have direct access, even down to cell phone numbers, of the members that are on the board of directors. As a matter of fact, anyone can find my direct cell phone number on more than one website on the internet. So, to address the most foundational and informative, indeed the first question posed earlier, what is the conference? To quote from our chaplain's compendium, quote, we are less dictates and more contacts, less online and more in person, less reporting and more networking, less structure and more culture, less talking and more praying, less mandatory and more volunteer, less military and more ministry, close quote. In other words, there was a concerted effort to start this association of the faithful with faith first. We did not want to set up some of the same traps for ourselves that had finally resulted in the old group suffering such losses. As a matter of fact, the conference is designed simply with the national chief chaplain and deputy chief chaplains as the leadership core without any, quote, rank, close quote, per se, which serve as an active and engaged board of directors. So the structure is at once both less formal and less intimidating with the goal of turning the word chaplain into more of a verb than a noun. I like that, Jeff. As far as what we do, I always turn this question around and ask, what is it you'd like to do? That's oversimplifying, perhaps, but it helps to make a point. Uh, The conference is meant to be a cover for individual and collective local ministry efforts. An individual may join because they find themselves a chaplain in their local veterans or fraternal organization, like VFW or else, maybe. And, And they're in that spot then all of a sudden without any training or framework, a real idea of how to go about their new position in earnest. And there really aren't a lot of resources from those groups for chaplaincy. So 
This is a really good example of where becoming a member of the conference is a great idea. We have the particular resources and training that will definitely help someone in this situation. And we have servant leaders in USCOC with a wealth of experience and knowledge in these areas. So it goes, it goes right down the line. In almost any distinct discipline or individual area of ministry, whether it is fraternal, hospital or nursery, home visitation, ministering to active military, reservists and veterans, public safety service, corporate or business, or prison or sports, disaster relief, almost anything you can think of really, the conference has the basic training, networking, and resources available for you to pursue. We are here to help, to share, to mentor, and to walk along with you on your chosen path. And although the U.S. Conference of Chaplains does not ordain, we do have relationships with other church and religious organizations, both denominational and non-denominational, who do. So that brings us to who our members are. When we say Conference of Chaplains, it sounds like perhaps all of our members need to be ordained ministers. But that's not the case. Well, members whose ordinations are found to be sound can be chaplains in the USCOC. The even larger percentage of members should be chaplain assistants. And so if, if you're not a chaplain in the organization, all other members are chaplain assistants. And CAs are lay people interested in the same goals as everybody else. Non-ordained folks involved in their own jobs, but who are still yet feeling the calling uh, to help serve others. An example, we used earlier regarding fraternal chaplaincy, then very few of the folks who fill those slots in those types of organizations are ever really ordained clergy. That is very rare. So it's lay people that are dependent on. And isn't that true in any church or religious affiliation? The smallest percentage of folks are actually ordained or receive orders in their churches. In most cases, there's one pastor to one congregation. So the majority of people doing the real work in the church are the lay folks. So it is with the conference. And once you join, now what? Well, as in most groups, clubs, or other organizations, whether it's a chamber of commerce or Freemasonry, what you get out of the association is directly proportional to what you put into it. For instance, if you were to join the local chamber of commerce in your town, and simply do nothing after paying your dues, you might get a membership certificate or plaque. But that would be it. But if you really want a, a return on your investment, then you would attend the monthly membership meetings. You would go to grand openings and ribbon cuttings of other local businesses and the monthly or so, quote, mixers, close quote, that most chambers sponsor. You might also get on a committee to help plan a civic event for the community. Most chambers are involved with legislative efforts to help protect and foster the local communities and economies where they are located. In other words, whatever your interests are or your original reason for joining might be, there is some way to get involved. Until you show up, until you get involved past paying your dues, until you avail yourself of other opportunities to advance your causes or learning, you will just be someone 
who joined. That's right. The conference is not interested in people who just want to join. We want and need active members. Uh, Chaplain Keith is is, uh, fond of quoting Yoda, who famously said, do or do not, there is no try. Scripture admonishes us to not only be hearers of the word, but to be doers also. And someone can have all the faith in the world, all of the certificates he wants to admire on his I love you wall, all the internet memberships he can rack up, and more keyboard time and friends, translate that clicks on Facebook, then you can count. But unless they bring any of that to bear in a person-to-person situation, unless they share any of that faith or demonstrate any of their beliefs, putting training into action, actually reaching out and touching someone to be of service to others, then none of it really does anybody else any good. And so we that's where we, you know, that phrase I commented on earlier that Chaplain Keith used about Chaplain being a verb instead of a noun. Uh, we really believe that you have to push yourself away from your computer and uh, get out there, get up, get out. Just go as far as the middle of your street and do a slow 360, and I'll bet you find a couple of ways to be a service to somebody just like that. Um, so uh, as we kind of went through our notes here, Chaplain Keith, um, were there some points that we hit on quickly that deserve some more discussion as, as far as uh, you're concerned? I know I had a couple of them. Yeah, and uh, you probably did a better job of writing those down than I did. But I, I do believe, you know, we kind of gave that thirty foot, uh, thirty thousand foot view over overview, um, you know, pretty, pretty quickly there. And um, I think it, it merits kind of backtracking a little bit and and covering some things we met, mentioned in, in that prologue there to, to our conversation. So. Um, I think I would start off by saying that uh, I indeed uh, agree with what you just got done saying. We really do believe that, uh, that being chaplains uh, is is really uh, about what we do as much as it is who we are. Um, uh, we can be chaplains all day long, but unless we do something as chaplains, uh, there's really not much of a point in us being chaplains, and so we're we're coming at the concept of chaplaincy from from that point of view. We're we're not we're not encouraging people to what I would refer to as manufacture ministry opportunities. Um, uh, uh, quite the contrary, we believe that those ministry opportunities are available in each community. Uh, and all the community needs is for uh, willing, uh, tender hearts to be willing to grab their car keys, put on a ball cap, and step out their front door and uh, take a nice wide-eyed look at the field of ministry that surrounds them and uh, find some way to love others in their community. So that's what we mean by uh, chaplain. We believe chaplain is a verb more than it is a noun, wouldn't you say, Alex? Yeah, and the the foundation and the groundwork of the conference really is not who the 
folks are that, you know, are recording these calls or uh, have worked on the 501c3 or the chaplain's compendium, the, the foundation and groundwork of the conference is the local ministry team. And that's what is the, I, I want that always to be the emphasis and for folks to understand that, that it's about enabling you. And we're going to, I'm sure we'll come up with some examples of, of uh, the way to do that uh, or different ways of doing that. <clears throat> One of the points that I, I wanted to uh, revisit and it goes along with this, and that is when we talk about, you know, everything says chaplain, 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 and we call each other chaplain, and we are, and we were chaplaining, there's a new word, uh, before we joined this organization. We were already involved in ministry, uh, when I say we, I'm speaking of the two of us, before we ever joined any of these uh, organizations ourselves personally, and I've been ordained for 37 years, but what about people who aren't? Um, you know, I, I don't, we suffer the, the possibility of interpretation being, oh, that's an organization just for chaplains. That's an organization just for those who are ordained already. That's just a bunch of ministers that get together and decide they're going to go do A, B, or C. But that's indeed not the case. It is an organization whereby you can become a chaplain. You you probably, uh, a lot of folks anyway, are working, have careers, uh, they're involved in ministry every day, although they might not call it that. Uh, indeed, I would, I would submit that people who are in certain uh, lines of work and certain careers are involved in ministry. Um, uh, a friend of mine who's a funeral director, for instance, views that as his ministry. It's a job that he gets paid for, uh, you know, but so is being a congregational minister sometimes. Um, so so what, we're, what we're really talking about is people who either would like to become chaplains, maybe, maybe they don't fancy themselves congregational ministers or they don't see themselves finishing seminary or uh, uh, you know, other things preclude them from being as involved as they would like to be in their church, but they're involved as much as they can be. And we're going to talk about some, for instances, where the umbrella of, of the Conference of Chaplains would be very beneficial. Um, but I, even if you don't aspire to ordination, even if you uh, don't care all that much whether you're a chaplain or a chaplain assistant, as long as you're a member of a group, that is like-seeking folks that are involved in the training and the networking and the uh, resources being available for what you'd like to get accomplished in your own personal ministry or a need that you see in the community that you'd like to involve others in. That's really more along the lines of what we're talking about and how we really got started doing some of the things uh, we've done over the years. So um, along with that, quickly, we mentioned that the conference does not ordain, and we don't. We recognize other ordinations. But we do have relationships with um, other church and, and uh, religious organizations. We said both denominational and non-denominational who do. And uh, one of those is uh, uh, 
I'd throw it to you, uh, if I could, Chaplain Keith, to talk a little bit maybe about the Old Baptist Union as being one of those resources uh, on the denominational side that we uh, would uh, refer folks to if they were interested. Well, um, the Old Baptist Union in America, as I'm going to cheat from my notes, uh, was established on July 16th of 2011, representing the regeneration of the Old Baptists of America, who were originally founded in 1638. And as one of the newest old denominations in Christendom, the Old Baptist Union in America is what we re- what we really uh, like to say is, quote, an idea whose time has come again, close quote. As an intentional faith community, we're quite comfortable with and really do embrace the old in our name. Uh, Our call to action is found in our anchor verse, which is Jeremiah 6.16, which reads as follows, quote, stand in the way, stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where the good way is, and walk in it then you will find rest for your souls, close quote. It calls for us to be active participants, both in nurturing our faith as well as in sharing it with others. We yearn to rekindle and encourage an interest in studying in and preaching from God's holy word, just as our forefathers in the old faith, in the faith did. In studying them, we learned that preaching the gospel was the foundation and key to the success they enjoyed as a church. And so there you have kind of a, a, a brief introduction um, uh, right from our webpage at obu-usa.org. Uh, you can find uh, anything and almost everything you care to learn about the Old Baptist Union in America as a regenerated denomination. Uh, right there on our home page. And uh, it'll give you an idea of one possibility uh, that you might be able to or might be interested in pursuing uh, as an avenue to receive an ordination from a denomination. Um, I think that when a person goes, I'd like to think that when a person goes to visit uh, the Old Baptist Union uh, in America website, that they get the sense that there's so much information here, both uh, of the new denomination that we've regenerated in 2011, as well as historical archive information from our our forefathers in the faith that we are attempting to emulate, that they'll, they'll appreciate the fact that we're trying to be as open and transparent as possible because that's really how we believe they were. And um, so uh, to kind of encapsulate all of that, um, one of the things that we found uh, most intriguing and most endearing uh, about the Old Baptists uh, was that any success they had simply came from preaching the word. Uh, And if they didn't preach the word, they didn't have any success. But the minute they preached the word, all sorts of other avenues simply open to them for them to do even more preaching the word. So that that's, I think, probably the, the most succinct way I could introduce you 
to the Old Baptist Union in America, I invite you to come and, and check out our, our page again at obu-usa.org. This is one example of an avenue for a denominational ordination that might be available to someone who's looking for that. And so if folks uh, look at Old Baptist Union and they're <clears throat> interested in it, then they can um, ask questions. And I'm sure there's a contact us page on that website as well. And and then, um, um, so that's one avenue for a denominational ordination if people find themselves in agreement with the with the tenets of that particular faith community. If folks have um, their own, they're coming from a, a different faith community, um, or they're interested in exploring uh, another denominational affiliation, um, the conference can certainly help folks to um, get them in touch with uh, some of those folks in, in other um, denominations as well. And then there is, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of an in-house non-denominational alternative as well, uh, one that we would refer folks to without any problem at all, is Faith and Works Christian Fellowship. Um, and so that one being more of a, um, like I say, open call or non-denominational um, affiliation um, through which ordination can be had also. And, and again, we're, we're covering the basis for people who either uh, are not ordained or would like to be, have been ordained in the past and need to reordain for whatever reason that they uh, think they do uh, or are seeking that type of thing. That's going to be, as we discussed earlier, uh, the minority of the membership in the conference, the majority of the members will be non-ordained. <clears throat> and that's fine. And that's what we're after, and that's what we want. We have to have some, just like in, in churches and, and in some of these organizations that we're talking about, other organizations that uh, I'm sure people could bring to mind, there have to be some some leaders. There have to be shepherds. There have to be people that are um, you know, uh, serving in those roles. But there have to be a lot more people who are um, lay folks that uh, are really going to do the bulk of the work. I, I've used this example before. When the sanctuary needs to be painted in the church, the pastor's just got one brush, but the congregation has 30 or so. Um, and uh, Chaplain Keith previously has brought up the old saying, you know, uh, many hands make the work light. And so that's really what we're talking about. I see on our dashboard that uh, uh, Reverend Jenkins has uh, joined us by uh, Internet on, on his uh, computer connection. And says good evening, Chaplain, and good evening to you as well. Uh, we're glad that you're with us. If you have any uh, questions, you could call into the call if you want to. Um, the dial-in number, just to remind folks, is area code 724-444-7444. Uh, 
724-444-7444. Fours are wild this evening, folks. <laughs> and then, <laughs> how'd you like a dollar bill with that serial number on it? Uh, and then uh, the caller, uh, the call number, which you need to enter, is 75455. And the pound sign. They'll give you the instructions when you call in to talk shoe. But uh, it's very nice of you to join us, and we greet you uh, as a brother in Christ there, Reverend Jackson. Thank you very much. I I have seen your name before. I know you've expressed interest in what we do, and it's, it's nice to have you. He is interested in becoming a chaplain, Chaplain Keith. So uh, since he is on the call, and we just went over a lot of that information, we will uh, discuss it perhaps a, a little bit more um, in a few minutes, um, given given the time. Um, so we've talked about the difference between chaplains and chaplain assistants. The chaplain assistants are really the folks that uh, uh, will make up the bulk of the membership as in any any situation like this. Um, can you speak, Chaplain Keith, to some of the training uh, that we have available, um, the, like the, the uh, basics that, um, and you don't have to enumerate all of it, but kind of a thumbnail of what everybody goes through and then some of the things that we have available um, in-house and through our ministry partners. Well, what I think uh, members are going to find out is that, that we have a, a curriculum uh, that is kind of uh, uh, set up in a stair-step approach. Uh, if, if you're kind of imagining uh, you're looking at a flight of stairs from the side, uh, you have to start at the landing, which is, you know, coming into the organization, filling out your application, and... Uh, and being accepted into the organization, either as a chaplain's assistant or as a chaplain. Uh, and then from there, there are uh, a, a certain set of uh, foundational courses uh, that I can't remember, embarrassingly enough, off the top of my head, um, that we have all members um, complete uh, because we believe that uh, in order for our members to grow as well-rounded chaplains, uh, everybody needs to start at the same kind of uh, starting place and have the same firm footing afforded them. And so there's uh, going to be uh, a number of courses, uh, foundational courses, uh, that will pave uh, that foundation for you. And then from there, uh, other topics are available that will cover uh, things such as uh, emergency service preparedness, um, search training, community emergency response training uh, has become very popular in many communities around the country. And uh, uh, if, if you don't have something like CERT, or I think I've even heard it called NERT, neighborhood emergency response training, uh, in your community, um, I'd encourage you to look that up on the internet. Um, the curriculum is uh, uh, fairly standardized and uh, and easy to follow even online. And so that sort of emergency preparedness training is going to become invaluable to you as a chaplain's assistant 
or as a chaplain when, uh, God forbid, a natural disaster strikes in your hometown and you need to go and care for your neighbors, family, friends, and loved ones. And or let's say that, as an example Alex used the other day when we were talking, uh, let's say that uh, you're coming up to an intersection and you happen to be the third car in line uh, when an automobile accident happens right in front of you. You're on your way somewhere. You happen to have a ball cap that says chaplain on it. Police officer's looking around. He happens to spot you in your car. And Shazam, suddenly, now you're on duty performing chaplain ministry work uh, in a situation that uh, uh, you weren't necessarily traveling to go serve there, but now you've been pressed into service for that. So um, the emergency response type training uh, might help in that situation as well. We have coursework um, that has been provided uh, to us by permission from other uh, ministry partners that will also uh, serve to uh, aid you as you learn of many different aspects of, of chaplaincy, community chaplaincy and hospice chaplaincy and hospital chaplaincy and, and, and many of these different things. And so we're very fortunate to, to have available to us um, coursework from, again, ministry partners uh, that they have uh, either provided us permission, uh, specific permission to use their coursework, or um, they have invited us to refer our members to them um, to use their coursework uh, as part of the foundational training we would like to have our members to have. And so those are just some some examples uh, of the type of training um, opportunities that we want to provide for our members. And uh, that's not an all-inclusive and all-encompassing list, of course, but um, there are other areas and opportunities for training uh, in your local community that you might not think specifically pertain to chaplaincy, uh, but things like first aid, um, simple things like that. We should all know how to at least perform first aid, to do CPR, things like that. And attending those classes as a member of the conference certainly allows you another opportunity to make yourself known, to introduce yourself and to introduce the conference to others and to provide them the opportunity to see that, you know, members of the conference need to know how to do CPR too. So um, uh, that's kind of, a again, a 30,000-foot overview of, of how we view our training. Um, our training also encompasses, as I was trying to paint the word picture of a, a set of stairs, uh, as you go up each incremental level of training, um, as members undertake new areas of responsibility within the conference, uh, they may have uh, the courses uh, for training that are specifically for servant leaders, um, courses that will enable them to know how to uh, manage volunteers, uh, how to recruit volunteers, um, uh, and things of that nature. So um, we want to provide uh, training 
a training opportunity and a training experience uh, that is uh, interesting uh, and encouraging for our members to go through as opposed to something that's just tedious and and painful and boring and gosh why am I doing this or uh, we want to provide hopefully a, a training experience that is as valuable to members who are either lay lay people or people who are maybe just getting involved in Christian ministry this is their first opportunity to be involved in Christian ministry and so it's incumbent upon us to provide something that's of value not only to our new ministry partners but also to our ministry uh, partners and members who've been in ministry a while so it's kind of a difficult balancing act but we're trying to provide training opportunities uh, that bring value and bring encouragement and empowerment uh, to our members who serve both as chaplains assistants and chaplains. Thank you, Chaplain Keith. While you've been uh, running a little bit of that down for us, I've been carrying on a, a online chat here with uh, Reverend Jenkins, and uh, we've we've gotten a little ways in in our conversation too. Let me go back and. Uh, um, give an example about how um, folks who are not ordained, who are uh, chaplain assistants and by virtue of membership in the conference, uh, or uh, let me back up, how the conference might be an umbrella for something that you're already involved in or would like to be involved in. So we we talked about fraternal chaplaincy right out of the gate when we when we started the the call. Um, the example I like to use is gently used clothing ministry. Everybody's doing it. They're just like food pantries. There's there's clothing ministries in every community. And uh, uh, so one chapel in town is giving away used clothes on a the first whatever day of the, the week in each month. And then the Catholic Church in town uh, gives away coats and uh, gloves and uh, mufflers or, or whatever uh, on the third whatever of the month. And then there's uh, another or organization in town that through uh, a pantry-style distribution thing, they have socks and underwear. Uh, and maybe they are doing that just for veterans or whatever, uh, where different folks that are in their group go to Walmart or whatever and they buy new socks and underwear, each of them, you know, a package at a time and combine their efforts and they give those away. So so someone gets the idea in this community that has these different um, efforts going on. Hey, what if we all got together, combined all of our resources, uh, of course, this doesn't happen sometimes because, and I this I can say this from personal experience, uh, uh, churches or different denominations or whatever sometimes are a little territorial uh, about their folks and about their buildings and whatever the case may be. So this this doesn't happen for whatever reason often or often enough. But the idea comes to them that. If we all threw in together and we had the coats and the and the gloves and we had the gently used clothing 
of all kinds, and we had brand-new socks and underwear for folks. And we did this all on one day together, maybe a Saturday at one location, that everybody could come to once instead of trying to go three different places. And and we had more volunteers that way to help on that given day and, and so forth. <clears throat> That's something that you can look at the, the conference and say, okay, here's something that is uh, uh, neutral, uh, that is not attached to either uh, any of our churches. We'll, we'll form a local ministry team under, under USCOC, and we, all of us lay folks as chaplain assistants is what you're talking about then, we'll get together and, and concentrate on doing this at, as a community for the community as a local ministry team, a team of folks, uh, regardless of where it started or who was doing what or whatever. And and I use that as an example because it's something that I've seen work. It's something that has been done. It's something that uh, just, uh, in this case, the the conference becomes a ministry multiplier, if you will. Uh, that's a term I don't use too often, but I'm going to use it now. And so folks are able to multiply their ministry because you've got three times as many volunteers at once. You've got three times resources brought to bear on the situation at the same time, et cetera, et cetera. You, you get the idea. I'm, I'm going on about it. But it's because I get excited about it, whether it's gently used clothes or it's food or it's uh, 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 materials like Bibles or or uh, whatever whatever it is, and and then you can apply that to different situations. It doesn't have to be about things; it can be about other types of ministry. And so, uh, it's an exciting concept. It's it's something that we've done. Uh, we've done it all over the country, both in this organization and in in another one. And it just makes sense. And so it, and people, people respond to it. Uh, now we do have, of course, the the uniform ministry uh, aspect, which is something that both Chaplain Keith and I have been involved uh, to, at times, very large degrees with regards to active military, veterans, uh, reservists, guardsmen, etc., over the years. And we have that component as well. It's it's it could be as simple as a polo that has our logo on it and a dark pair of slacks. It's not a big deal. It, it, or we do have other options as well, and I don't want to be talking all about that. But um, that is another component to the conference. There there are as many components to the conference as there are people who bring their their desires and their personal ministries and and so forth to the organization. The organization, because of the level of training that we uh, insist on for everybody and offer for those who are interested above and beyond that in whatever uh, field of labor that they're interested in more specifically, um, we we are able to lend to your personal efforts or your local ministry team efforts or whatever a certain amount of credibility. People say, oh, they're, that's a conference chaplain or a conference ministry team or whatever the case may be. They're from the U.S. Conference of Chaplains. We know who they are. If they don't know who they are, they could find out real quick, of course. And we have the ability to verify membership uh, in a very quick turnaround time for folks 
so that they they know and that's that's to protect uh, um, both directions um, uh, the members that we do have and people who are saying that they're members or are uh, you know whatever may be the case so so those uh, aspects I think are of interest we have a guest who's uh, logged into the chat as well if you want to uh, type in your computer who you are uh, and be recognized that would be great um, I think I need to welcome uh, thanks for joining us yeah it just says guest number four so you're um, not blocked on chat yet <laughs> <laughs> Well, Alex, while you're checking out our new guest, I wanted to touch on something that you said about ministry multiplier. Uh, not only are our, our, our local ministry teams ministry multipliers, but uh, they're also a, a term, a military term that, that I like to apply to a ministry concept is they're also what I call force multipliers. Um, anyone who's served in the military and has had to move uh, uh, stores or food uh, from one place to another, quickly realizes what a chore it is to move boxes of food when there's only two or three of you. But when you start multiplying the number of people that are available to help move that food, you're moving that food in a hurry. You're able to move more of it more efficiently and uh, get the job done a lot quicker and uh, more effectively. Uh, the more sets of hands and feet you have to do something. And so uh, that's why we put such extreme value on making sure that we create as many local ministry teams as we can because not only do they become ministry multipliers, they literally become force multipliers. Um, we are able to bring to bear the love of Christ in our communities where we live and work uh, in, in a lot more efficient fashion and in a lot more fun fashion uh, the more ministry team members and teams we have. So um, that's why we place such a high emphasis and a high a high importance on the local ministry team as really the core of our effort. Right. Um, Reverend Jenkins, if there's anything else that you want to uh, ask or have addressed, please uh, type it into your chat. Um, I will uh, look in my email for that other information that we discussed and hopefully uh, be able to get uh, in touch with you then tomorrow. And um, one of the things I, I want to be sure and mention is that um, past the ministry teams, um, numbers dictate then the structure past that. Uh, of course, at the national level, we have to have a, a, a skeletal crew to crew to begin with, um, but we there will be state chaplains, uh, state chaplain in every state. Uh, we have, um, oh, very good, thank you. Um, is it, is it uh, oh, well, I'll just leave it with Reverend Jenkins for now. Um, thank you for uh, that, that other request, I appreciate that. Um, and I'll share that with, uh, if you like, I'll share that information uh, uh, here on. Is it a talk show? 
uh, podcast. I'm asking Reverend Jenkins questions, and he's going to respond on chat. Nobody else will know the answer except for me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's what Uh, happens when you sit in the big chair, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's why I get the... Uh, he said, yes, I can share. It's called Nation Talk, and it is on, uh, is it on TalkShoe, or is it a, on a, is it a different podcast uh, platform? So, uh, and see, and this is, this is, right here what we're doing is, is so key to exactly what we're trying to demonstrate and talk about uh, on this call. And this is an introductory call. We're kind of introducing, welcoming people to the idea of this conference, so uh, we can't hit on every aspect. Uh, a big help towards understanding everything when you join will be that you immediately have what we call our chaplain's compendium, which is the membership, uh, the member's handbook, which co- is a lot of material and it gives people a lot of answers. Um, and uh, so. Um, you people will have that to, to look forward to also. Um, well, I, I want so to we, commend Reverend Jenkins and the other gentleman or gentle lady uh, who joined us by chat as well because uh, uh, they didn't have the same uh, in, uh, uh, lead time announcement that uh, some other people had who were still on our mailing list. They just right. happened to see that a call was happening and they decided to join. So that's a perfect okay. example. Uh, we're excited to have you. That's a great point. Um, uh, guest four left the chat pretty quick after they logged on. So, uh, yes, and and the uh, podcast is Nation Talk. It is on TalkShoe, and we will check that out, Reverend Jenkins. Thank you very much for that information. As I say, this is part and parcel of what we do: the networking, uh, the mentoring, the sharing. Uh, you know, um, Chaplain Keith and I have not done everything. We don't know everything. We're just you know, we're lifelong learners and we're just going along in our faith journey like everybody else is and and it's yep. about each other and it's about being available for each other and it's about you know, one of the aspects uh, is that and it's very important that we touched on early was accountability because you can't have any credibility without having accountability and so we are accountable to each other in this organization and uh, that's a big plus. There's a lot of folks out there with individual efforts or someone who gets ordained online, which is an easy thing to do nowadays. Uh, by the way, either of the two resources we mentioned earlier, Old Baptist Union or Faith and Works, are not online ordination mills and there's process. It's the same with, with the conference. It's a process. Uh, you don't open up a fillable form on our website, fill it out, hit click, and become a member you say that you'd like us to send you information, which we do in an email with an attachment, uh, which is an application. And we go back and forth a little bit. We get to know one another. Uh, It's a process. And I hope that folks appreciate that it is a process and that there's something a little bit more tangible to it than than just uh, a point and click. Um, Chaplain Keith, do you have anything else that you want to squeeze in here before we get to the end of the hour? Well, uh, we're sneaking up on it uh, pretty quickly here, I see. Um, I wanted to touch 
base just real quickly on on another colloquialism uh, that I'm I'm fond of of using and I'm fond of thinking about and reminding myself about, and that is, quote, knowledge is power, close quote. And I think that when we talk about um, our desire to make sure that our, our all of our members have the same level of baseline training uh, to uh, empower and encourage them as they step out into their fields of labor uh, in chaplaincy. Um, uh, that is really the reason why we place such a high emphasis uh, on on training is is the last thing we would ever want, and and it's it's unfortunately unavoidable. But in as much as we can attempt to avoid it, um, uh, our mind and our heart uh, for you as our members regarding training is to try to uh, give you. Uh, knowledge that will serve to empower you um, in your ministry efforts uh, and local community chaplaincy uh, by knowing uh, things about disaster relief and emergency preparedness, uh, by by knowing how the government operates when there is a national national or natural disaster uh, or there's a big disaster in your local community you'll know how the local authorities um, are going to react in uh, responding to and dealing with whatever that calamity is because there's a framework in place that all of the emergency response and um, government agencies use. And so that's that's a, a critical part of our training too, mainly so that you as a minister of the gospel, you as a, a layperson of faith, who simply wants to go out and love their community. You're thrust into the situation that suddenly is uh, chaotic and uh, maybe at times confusing. Uh, our, our, our heart for you is that hopefully by going through this training, we'll take some of that confusion out of it and we'll re- replace, you know, love casts out fear. So we're seeking to love you by helping cast out the fear of the unknown by exposing you to some of the different levels uh, of training uh, that we offer. So I did want to just touch base on that. And it's not onerous. It's not uh, stifling. It's very manageable for anybody who wants to devote about maybe, I don't know, six or eight total hours to it over, what, you know, a three-month period of time. Uh, and and uh, so it's a baseline. It's for it's someplace for everybody to start, and then we can go from there. Um, yeah. We are uh, creeping up on about four minutes left here, so I want to uh, start winding down by, again, acknowledging Reverend Jackson's participation. We're very, very happy that you uh, were here this evening, at least by chat, and you can rest assured that uh, either or both, Chaplain Keith and myself, will make an effort to um, get in on the next episode of Nation Talk. Uh, I don't know what we'll be able to contribute, but we'll, we'll be there. Um, and I, I hope that the past hour has um, given you a little bit of uh, familiarity or, or uh, a little look into what the U.S. Conference of Chaplains is all about. We're going to do a lot more of these uh, programs. This is the first uh, effort after a long hiatus. 
uh, see if it was us on the call, Chaplain Keith. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe that was just it. They were just checking to make sure that we were here like we said we were going to be. You know? <laughs> that could be. So as always, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say we're creeping up on the hour. Why don't you tell us how people can reach us, and uh, if they have questions, how can how can they get a hold of us? There's a couple different ways. You know what? I think that's a great idea. Uh, and that's what I just started to say. As always, answers to some questions uh, sometimes prompt others. So you can address any of those to us by visiting our website, uscoc.org, and using our Contact Us page. Uh, and you can always even call us directly at area code 760-856-0856. That's 856-0856. And depending on where you are in country in the country, you might get a voicemail, but we will call you right back. Until next time, this is Chaplain Alex Brandon wishing you every blessing. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.